0: What up everybody, welcome to another episode of the Two Smart Dummies Podcast As always I'm your host Marcus and I hope you all had a fantastic New Year's Um, We had the NFL playoffs kicking off this weekend, Patriots were just upset Um, So if you're into that, great news for you um, we actually recorded a podcast last week for you guys, but because of technical difficulties, we were not able to get it up. So uh, we're going to run a part of that as we touched on the Spurs and their dynasty and what they they meant to um, the game of basketball over the last 20 years. You really can't have a conversation about dynasties and um, you know championships without talking about Tim Duncan and, and Coach Popovich and... Um, you know, really international basketball and what they've meant to, um, you know, scouting and how they've touched the NBA today with so many coaches coming from uh, Greg Popovich's tree. And you can see little touches of the, of those San Antonio Spurs all over the NBA, whether that be with the Warriors, whether that be with the Hawks, whether that be with um, the Milwaukee Bucks, um, it, it kind of goes on and on. So uh, we want to kind of give that to you talk about their place in history but first um David Stern passed away this weekend or this past week um you know right on New Year's Day and that's it's really a tough thing to deal with um you know everyone talks about you know how good of a job commissioner Adam Silver has done but as we mentioned in a couple episodes back um when we first learned the news of of commissioner Stern's brain hemorrhage um, you just kind of think about the legacy that he's had um it, it's truly incredible and you look at someone like you know when when he got to the NBA everyone knows that they were still doing the playoffs and the finals on tape delay um and he 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 is given a lot of the credit of saving the NBA along with Magic Johnson and Larry Bird and uh, Michael Jordan but the one thing that i think um goes you know that that's not said enough as how much David Stern did for growing the game of basketball. Um, you look at someone like Giannis sent to and that doesn't happen without David Stern um, with his want to take this game international. That you know, being putting the dream team together, um, you know, growing the game in Africa. Um, you know, you're, you're really in debt to everything that he did and his vision. Um, he saw the digital wave coming in the early 2000s. I mean, of course, you know, I'm sure that they didn't realize it was going to be uh, that the Internet or that social media was going to be what it is today. But um, the NBA has always been very progressive and forward thinking in that regard. And a lot of that had to do with David Stern. Now, you know, the flip side of his legacy is under his his term as commissioner. Um there was a lot of shadiness and there's a lot of fan bases and parts of the country that are mad at him, and rightfully so. Um some could argue that, you know, maybe the last, you know, five to perhaps ten years of his reign were not great. Um, but what he did in stabilizing the NBA with small market teams, um, as a fan of the of the Memphis Grizzlies, who is, you know, the second smallest market in the NBA, um, you know, we wouldn't have grit and grind. I wouldn't have my favorite team without him. Um, but, you know, of course, the Phoenix Suns fans are still very, very upset that, you know, perhaps David Stern's decision to suspend Amari Stoudemire cost them a title. Um, the, the fans of NBA basketball in Seattle are convinced that, um, that he had a huge hand in taking the Sonics away from them and moving them to Oklahoma City. Um, the Sacramento Kings have a lot of beef with him. <laughs> you know, they think that that if it weren't for Stern wanting the Lakers to make the, the NBA Finals in 2002, that the Kings are probably going to win that title. Um, you know, at the same time, he had a, a, a major refereeing scandal um, going on with Tim Donaghy. So there were definitely blips on the radar with David Stern. Um, but overall. You know, I, I think it, it's, it's, and, and, and those, those things should be talked about. Um, uh, but I think that there's a lot of positives with David Stern when it comes to everything from how he handled and really th- changed the way players in the NBA thought and huddled around Magic Johnson when they found out that he was HIV positive. Um, and he welcomed Magic back with open arms to, to play on the dream team and to, to play in an NBA game eventually again in 95. And, and, um, which was an uncomfortable time because in the early '90s we still had no idea the impact of AIDS. I mean, or how you got it, or or if you touch someone's blood, it was go- you you got AIDS too. So um, that was another part of his legacy that 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 really showed the players that they could trust him for a time and and that he put the game first. Um, but again. We we know that that there were some discrepancies with with how he handled things. He was known to be a very um, intimidating person, whether and, and a very threatening person when he wanted to be if he didn't get his way. Um, so, you know, what what are your thoughts on David Stern? You know, great commissioner, probably the greatest commissioner in sports, in my opinion, um, at the time. Um, and there was also, you know, you think about what he did with the dress code um, in the early 2000s when, when you know, once again, he felt that he was in a flashback with the league trying to sell this to white sponsors, you know, of, hey, the league is too black, too thuggish, too this, too that, too that, because you've got guys like AI walking around in, in jerseys and cornrows and tattoos and this, that, and the other. Um, so, depending on how which side of the fence you, you you're on was that good for the game was that good for the players at the time or was that just you know the world still struggling to adapt with millionaire black men that that you know dress how they want to dress um you've kind of had arguments for both um i actually think that the dress code did did a lot for the nba it it actually showed that nba superstars can be fashionable like they were in the 70s with with walt clyde frazier and and a lot of those guys um it meant something to be stylish and now you have you know style icons if you want to call them that in russ russell westbrook Russell, russell westbrook lebron james james harden um kevin durant i mean everyone walks down that tunnel and you want to see what the players are wearing um and that wasn't necessarily the case before um so it's kind of a double-edged sword but again a sad day in the nba um losing david stern no matter how you feel about him because with without him most of us would not i mean who knows if there would even be um an nba right now as we know it today so um that said uh, feel free to share with us your thoughts on, on David Stern. Uh, feel free to tweet at us, send us a, a message on Instagram at Two Smart Dummies. Um, we still have a website coming for you guys, so we, we'll definitely get that that information out to you as it comes. Um, other than that, the rest of this podcast, we're going to be talking about the Spurs and and their legacy to the NBA. And next week, we're going to do another one for you. So, um, just once again to reiterate, we want to make sure that um every week we're bringing you guys fantastic content so we we have a lot of ideas coming we have a lot of uh, of of stories to tell in this in this in this series and um we really just want to talk about basketball that and how it basically the golden age of basketball now um so the next episode that you hear after today's is going to be about the 2003 NBA draft and how that shifted and became one of the most important NBA drafts of all time probably since um, 1984, 1996, uh, with LeBron James and, and, uh, and Carmelo Anthony and Chris Bosh and Wayne Wade coming in, in that draft. So, um, we're going to get to all that, but, um, uh, Beatty and I are going to discuss the Spurs and their legacy. Where, where does Pop and Tim Duncan rank all time? What's the Spurs place in history? And will we ever see anything like that again? So, uh, without further ado, let's hear what Beatty has to say in debate in the episode, all right, man. Let's get to the Spurs. Um, Spurs for the first time in a long time have been uh, not good, but
1: I don't think they're. I still don't think they make playoffs.
0: I agree with you. Uh, I I would. I bet that they make some trades, and and I'm curious to see what happens with them. But you really can't have a a, a discussion about where basketball, how we got to this point, and and where we've been over the last. Twenty years without talking about the Spurs. Um, last episode, we talked we talked to everyone about the Lakers and their place in 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 basketball history and in really two thousands basketball history. Um, now we want to take a look at the Spurs. Um, talk about as unlikely a dynasty uh, as any I can remember. Um, where do you and think probably
1: still one of the under- most unrated dynasties as any? And, you know,
0: they get a lot of hate from, like, Phil Jackson, everybody saying they're not a dynasty because they never won back-to-back, which is true. But to say that the Spurs are not a dynasty is absolutely ludicrous.
1: Yeah, I would say that they're one of the unique teams that we have to call a dynasty because although they never won back-to-back from 96 until, what, 2014, they have five titles?
0: Five titles. Five titles? From 99 to, to, Yeah. To well, I
1: was just starting, I am I just, in my head, I'm doing when they change course. Because before then, they were a good team, 50-win team, but they couldn't get past the Jazz. Then they had that bad season, but it all changed when they got Greg Popovich in 1996. Yeah. And one thing that people don't even realize is that Greg Popovich didn't even come in as the coach.
0: No, he was Greg, a front office guy.
1: Yeah, he came in as the general manager. He didn't then, even want to coach. No, nah, he didn't want to coach. But then when... uh. When, uh, shit, it wasn't, I, I know David Robinson got hurt, but somebody else got hurt before. I think his name was Chucky, uh, Chuck- shit. What's his name? Uh, shit. I got Chuck it. Atkins. Chuck Person. Chuck Person. Chuck Person. So Chuck yeah. Persons got hurt first, and then like five games later, uh, David Robinson got hurt. So on that roster, they, they putting out their Dominique Wilkins. <laughs> Ugh. <laughs> off off, Achilles. The,
0: AC, off the, uh, the Achilles tear.
1: Well, but he was he was far, he was far away from it then. Cause I think he played Orlando first after that.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: Then then Vernon Maxwell,
0: <laughs> Benny but, Del Negro.
1: Yeah, when they went when they only won twenty games in the middle of that season, Greg said "fuck this shit" and fired Bob Hill and took over as head coach. And from there, it's all history. Cause not only, I mean, he signed Avery Johnson when he first got there. Traded Dennis Rodman's ass out of town. It's well documented that Rodman does not like Popovich. Um, then he then he came over and took over his coach. And luckily, because they were bad that season, he got the number one pick in Tim Duncan.
0: Yep. And where do you think that Pop ranks as best coaches of all time? Where do you think that that he and Duncan and that duo kind of you know you talk about Phil and Kobe, you talk about Phil and Michael. Where where do do they rank? Red Auerbach and. and um, Bill Russell, whatever.
1: Uh, I mean, I would, as far as a dynasty, which is crazy, I think that I would have to, I think I'd have to put them third. Hold on. Let me think. You got the Koozie and the um, Celtics. That would be the all-time greatest, I would think.
0: Yeah, Bill Russell and, and Red Auerbach.
1: Yeah. Bulls dynasty would be second. Right?
0: Yeah. No, I just mean the player coach combo, like you yeah, know. Yeah, that's
1: what I'm, I'm. I'm thinking of that. So I'm thinking of like the Bob Cousy. Um, shit, what's what's big man's name? I just lost his name. Bill Russell. Bill Russell. So that's the combination. You got Phil Jackson and Jordan, but I would take I would take um, Tim Duncan and Pop over any other any other dynasty.
0: You know what's interesting?
1: So it'd be third to me. I think a
0: a lot of people don't even consider it uh Phil Jackson, like, is Phil Jackson to you more of a Laker or more of a bull? A bull. Really? See, you're in the, the minority. Most people consider him a Laker because he spent more time with the Lakers. He won, or he went to more finals with the Lakers. Um, but
1: I don't fuck with the Lakers, so... I mean, that's why for
0: me. I think you're in the minority overall, though. I think that most people think of him as more of a Laker, which is which is crazy to me, because when I think of Phil Jackson still, I think I think of the Bulls. I, but that's I, because, I just think
1: that's because doing I mean, it's, it's just the era of people who's thinking about it. But I mean, so if I was thinking like if you're doing player coach, I wouldn't even consider Shaq in that. That that dynamic would feel it's Phil and Kobe.
0: Oh, it's Phil and Kobe. I you agree. know what I mean? So yeah.
1: then you go Phil and Kobe. That's five. I wouldn't even have. I don't even have a coach that Shaq could connect to. So I don't even think you could put Shaq in that conversation because he doesn't have a coach. To Which me. is
0: ironic because Phil Jackson actually preferred Shaq to Kobe.
1: Yeah, but it's still a it's still gonna be Phil Jackson, Kobe, Jordan, Phil. So. But as far as just greatest coaches of all time, I mean, that's an interesting thing because it goes back to what are you, are you just counting titles? Because titles, you know. No. I would,
0: I, I would, I think, quit,
1: I would take Pop over fielding.
0: I, I would take, I think that that Pop is probably the either first or second best coach GM type dude ever behind or with Red Auerbach. Yeah. To be able to, to transfer. Hold
1: on, hold on, hold on. I know we get Red a lot of credit, right? But they were fucking cheating back then.
0: <laughs> but like, to do but that over a, a thirty-year span, it or was, a thirty-year span man, to was, be able to it wasn't no with rules, Larry, bro. <laughs> yeah, but you but you look at Red, right? He was doing this in the fifties through the eighties, yeah. you know. And he, you know, it, it just. It means a lot, you know, and Pop has done the same thing as as much as a tyrant as Pop is over the last 20 years. The way that he has continually reinvented that Spurs team to keep them relevant, to keep them championships, to keep them contenders is crazy because you saw them go through the you know the twin towers were so innovative with Duncan and, and Robinson and then you know to after uh, Robinson retires to be able to implement their over their overseas their scouting with Manu Ginobili and Tony Parker and you know uh um what's his face? Uh the France guy. Um right for France the uh, who would you say uh, oh sorry Brazil uh, Leandro Barbosa uh, okay. Um, <laughs> I could I could, couldn't pull that. Um But to be able to 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 now do that, now you've got really a, a world class team, and then to come back when everyone wrote you off again, and go to the finals back to back times with Kawhi Leonard. I
1: used to kind of hate on the Spurs too until they went to the finals in those those two years. That cemented it for me for Pop, and and yeah. you know he was on his way to doing it again with Kawhi. Before, it, all the fundamentals that you see from Kawhi, that was developed by Greg Popovich. And if yep. he would have stayed with the Spurs, it, the Spurs probably win somewhere in this span. Because I think, I, I believe this now, seeing Kawhi afterwards, if uh, Zaza you doesn't slide doesn't. under yep. Kawhi's leg, they probably upset the Warriors and shocked the world, and and the Spurs probably win the championship because they go play that OKC team, and that was always a battle. But you have Kawhi yep. and Kevin Durant, then that Spurs team goes to the finals. That's a lot of ifs in there, but there's a good chance that the Spurs win another title if they don't if Zaza doesn't slide in front of Kawhi.
0: And I for and if anyone doesn't agree with that, I think it's crazy. And here's the thing, and I know you and I want to talk about this. I keep hearing, and this is kind of a, a, a tangent aside from the Spurs real quick, but for anyone that watches basketball, and if you do not think that Kawhi Leonard is the best player in the NBA, I know Giannis has the potential, I know Giannis is the MVP, I know all of that, but Kawhi Leonard, I think, is the best player in the league by far, He and you and I have talked about how he reminds us of that late 90s Jordan, the way he controls the game, everything just comes so easy and natural to him, for sure. If if he's in San Antonio, I'm, I'm 100% with you. Those, those guys are still contending, and they, they probably have another Yeah, because
1: there's owner. not a lot of guys that their talent um, on the court, I mean, you, you see a lot of, like, I, w- I would use Giannis as a perfect example. Giannis is probably the most talented player in the NBA. But when he gets on the court, he has parts of his game that limits him on the court. Kawhi really has no holes in his game. Zero holes. None. Like, even LeBron James, when he was playing, there was things that you can do to limit LeBron. Like, you could back off of him like Pop was great at playing in the lane, forcing him to shoot jump shots, and he would miss mid-range shots. You know what I mean? KD, sometimes you can force him to be iso ball and not make the correct play. Like, all these great players, you can find holes in the game. I dare you to find a hole in Kawhi Leonard's game. There's nothing that dude cannot do. You can't. And he does it all very efficiently, very quietly. And when he plays and he decides to play, he can have no points the whole game. But when it's time to take over, you've seen that in the two matchups against the Lakers. He kind of coasts throughout the game. He's not really being dominant. But when it comes that time to take over, he takes over the game. And his impact is immeasurable.
0: Yeah, I agree. Um, but, again, that just goes to show you that no one saw th- this coming as far as Kawhi Leonard goes. Um, and that just shows you – and every team that is successful now or that you enjoy watching now has some kind of – that, that's the difference between Phil Jackson and Greg Popovich. Greg Popovich continually gives back to the NBA one way or the other. His coaches that leave his tree generally do pretty, generally do pretty well. But I, I um, ask, Phil Jackson – I was gonna say Phil Jackson never had a good assistant coach that went on to do anything. Well, he had good assistant well.
1: coaches, but that's what they were. They were they were assistant good assistants, coaches, like Texas, not Winter, good head coaches. And he had probably the perfect staff to be under him, Kurt Rambis. Yeah, but they weren't staff members to go somewhere else to do their own thing. But. But I would say that the the thing about Pop that was so great is that he did start, he was a front office guy. So he, he noticed talent, but he was also able to develop talent. That's a rare skill to be able to not only find talent, but be able to develop the talent that you find. Most GMs don't take that responsibility.
0: And that's why I think that Steve Kerr is so successful now because he learned that from Pop. And you see how many guys in that warrior system that. You know they they don't usually go on to be superstars on other teams. There are exceptions, but guys that are in that Warriors system, um, they develop. I, the only teams that, in the league currently that do it very very well, in my opinion, Spurs, Warriors, Raptors. Uh, you know, and Miami. I'm about to say, um, don't disrespect
1: that, my guys.
0: <laughs> in Miami, but other than that, you don't really see most of the teams that can develop that much talent consistently. I, 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 you would, can, I would
1: say Celtics. Celtics do a pretty good job.
0: Yeah, yeah, okay, okay, so Boston, I'll give you that. Um, outside of that, most of these guys, you know, I'm not saying that they don't find talent, but they don't develop it as consistently as San Antonio and Golden State and Miami do. But, um, but that's
1: that's one of the reasons why we was having the Steph Court Curry discussion, that I didn't want to confuse um, team play with individual play. Because no question, Pop has changed the style for team play in the NBA. Pop would have 1,000%. to be credited with changing that style. And he's changed it a few different times. But it's no question they what went... he did against Miami is the way that people play in the NBA now. That ball yep. movement and shooting three-pointers, that pointers—that has how everyone plays now.
0: Which is crazy because the mid two thousands teams that won three titles, everyone hated that brand of basketball. That's, when it was Spurs versus Pistons, and and, and the, the, everyone hated that style of basketball. And it wasn't until this last go around with that title team that people would watch the Spurs and be like, "Man, this is great. This is how the ba- how basketball should be played."
1: But that's because back then they were going against Shaq and Kobe but you, you appreciated like the Rick Foxes and the Derek Fishers and those players. So what Pop was doing wasn't crazy, you know what I mean? You still had Tony Parker, Ginobili, their names. So you still think that they're superstar players doing the style. But then in, when you go against the Heat, And you got Tiago Splitter and Patty Mills and a Kawhi Leonard that you don't know on a national stage doing this against the the Heatles, quote unquote, Heat team that's unstoppable with LeBron James and Dwayne Wade. And you have Patty Mills out there scoring an older Ginobili and Tony Parker that's unstoppable. Now you're saying, hey, this style, you can make this style work with anybody. And you start looking over those, over the two decades of. What uh what Pop did with the small forward position, I mean, he would bring in dudes like Derek Anderson, Steven Jackson when he's young, and just kind of mm-hmm. pop them into the lineup, and then those dudes would go on to be good players somewhere else. I mean, that was the that was the position that they rotated the most during that dynasty was that small forward position, and that's a key position for them because that is the co position. You know what I'm saying? You had the score, uh you had Mario Elliott one time, what's the other dude? Bruce Bowen. Bruce Bowen <laughs> for a long time, yep. uh, Sean Elliott. Um, so that yep. small forward has always been key to that position.
0: So what do you think the Spurs legacy is? Again, we don't people don't typically acknowledge them as a dynasty for some reason. Um, do we ever see a team like the Spurs again that, you know, year in, year out, whether or not that they're, they're title contenders, they're, team, they're a team that you – absolutely have to go through to win a title um but to do it over i mean you talk about the patriots in the nfl they're definitely the Patriots in the nba yeah i mean those those two programs are kind of paralleled but i don't know that we see this again in in modern sports a because you're not going to have those guys that stick with their teams forever but does it? Does anyone coach for 20 years like this?
1: I, I kind of disagree because I think um, not only did he usher in a new style of play on the court, I think he's ushered in a new style of management because everyone's seen what the Spurs have done with a small market team. Now you see a lot of teams trying to copy it as small market teams. I'm not talking about your L.A.s and your New Yorks and shit like that, but all these small market teams, that's how they're built. And you're seeing this because, as you said, a lot of the coaches that are successful now, they're either copying the Spurs or they came from the Spurs tree in some way. They've had some mm-hmm. type of um, like uh, Giannis and Milwaukee Bucks. Bunhauser, he comes from that tree. You know what I mean? And that's yep. the style that they play. They have Giannis being the all-star, but he puts shooters around him. He develops players. Uh, Milwaukee, they're 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 developing players at a high clip. Also, I think we forgot them. But at the who, the people that they're putting around Giannis and they're playing right now, I mean Dante DiViencio, and. Uh, Pat Connaughton, they're doing the same thing. Just taking, they're the number one offense in even, the
0: NBA. Even Oklahoma City with Sam Presti, who came from San Antonio, um, yeah. you know, went to you Seattle. Were right and, on that too.
1: And I said no, and they're they're in the playoffs. Chris Paul managing the team.
0: Yep, yep. So you know, yeah, I think the legacy for Greg Popovich, and you know, I you can question how many. He's done some bonehead things, as every coach has. I mean, I think it's still inexcusable in that finals that Miami won to not have uh, Tim Duncan on the floor, you know, in the biggest moment of the game, which allowed Chris Bosh to get the yeah. rebound to pass out to Ray Allen. Bonehead stuff like that. But um,
1: sometimes you just overthinking small, yep. going small. You want to defend them. They were yep. actually out there to defend the three-point shot, which is makes sense because you want you didn't want Bosh to take that three-point shot. If people remember at that point. Bosh was hitting that shit at a high clip, so you put a yep. guard out there to stop him, kind of bite you in the ass because he decides to rebound at that point in time.
0: And to but to come, I think that's his best coaching job to come back after losing like that, and you know you're another year older with 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 Tim Duncan, Tony Parker, and Manu Ginobili. I mean, you legitimately are on your last leg to come back and win that 2014 title. I mean, incredible. I mean, and you could say yeah, maybe LeBron was checked out, whatever you want to say. Nah. No, they had a chip Dwayne. on
1: their shoulder because they didn't think they should have lost.
0: Mm-hmm. And how how crazy would it be if I mean you could you could legitimately argue that um, that Miami should only have one title out of those three. Um, oh
1: yeah, definitely, definitely. Because that that title that that shot that Ray Allen hit. That Once was, in a lifetime. Yeah, and that was in Miami. They already had the celebration shit out. <laughs> you know what I mean? That yep. Everyone thought that game was over. And People
0: walking out the door.
1: Footwork on even catching that ball to shoot it was just.
0: It's still the most incredible shot in, <laughs> in finals history. <laughs> I don't know how down. he
1: got his feet set that fast. That only comes from, you know, he's he's known for coming in the gym at 3 p.m. for an 8 o'clock game and practicing for five hours, but. Yep. Yeah, that's but I mean the impact that Greg Popovich, I think that is he had he's put a lot of lasting things into this game that we don't even think about. The whole concept of a six man and bringing somebody off the bench, one of your best scores, is from Ginobili. People weren't putting their best scores on the bench. Now I would say that mentality fucked OKC because and i know you had like the vinny the microwave curry but those are dudes that just That's exactly a-
0: that's the only person i could even <laughs> you know think they, of actually you know, to be fair i
1: felt your eyes like thinking about it, you know <laughs> yeah <laughs> But I'm talking I think that's the only
0: one I can think of. But
1: I'm talking about somebody that probably legitimately should have been starting on the team, convincing them to come off the bench. There's not a dude lot of dudes like that. And now right. you see everybody in NBA looking for that guy to be the spark off the bench. And like I said, I think that mentality fucked OKC because they tried to make James Harden that guy and that dude like you had to have a lot of unselfishness to do a lot of the things. And when people didn't buy in, he had to let a lot of good players go because yep. they didn't buy into the system. And I think that's been yep. one of the problems with the NBA is you cater so much to the stars that you, you're a detriment, you're, you're detriment to your system. But because you had somebody like Tim Duncan that would buy into everything that you were doing, it helped him put that into place. So you don't see that go so smoothly in other places. Like during that same time, the contrast was Iris and the Tim Duncan. You know, Iris is saying, I'm an all star player. They know all star players coming off the bench. Then, like two weeks later, Tim Duncan came off the bench for like three games. You know what I mean? So you just have to have people to buy into your system, but you also have to be stubborn enough, like a pop bitch, and have players that will that be able to bench your star players and allow them to be coached just like everyone else on the team. And that's gonna be the biggest problem with someone recreating that style. Like I don't even think Steve Kerr can do it. He tries to do it with Draymond. And you see Draymond cursing him out on the bench. But he has Curry. <laughs> you know what I mean? Curry's that yep. dude that buys in. If you don't have a star that's buying in, then it makes it hard for you to do a lot of things that Pop does. And Kawhi didn't buy in. You know what I mean? So
0: Yep. And you know what you know you go back to your point of Greg Popovich taking over in '9697 um, I think the common misconception as you pointed out before is that the Spurs were a bad franchise. I was just looking over them yeah. with the ex- you take the lock year lockout year out mm-hmm. right only 50 games played that year they and they won 39 games that year. The Spurs have only not won 50 games three times since 1993. Yeah,
1: they were a good team. Like before before he even came in, they were what, 50, 59 and 23 or 50 something in 20, 57 and 23, something like that. 59 and 23. So yep. in 95, 96, they were 59 and 23. They lost to the com- in the conference finals. 96 yep. and 97, the only reason they were bad was because Duncan got hurt. Duncan doesn't or get hurt. Robinson. I mean, uh, David Robinson doesn't get hurt then they probably win 50 games again. But not only did he get hurt, Chuck Persons, who was a a good player for them, also got hurt. Uh, Sean Elliott got hurt, too. So it wasn't just David Robinson that got hurt that season. There were several players on that team.
0: You go back to 1989, I mean, the Spurs perennially won 55 games a year. I mean, in 91 and 92, they had some slippage. They won 47 and 49 games, respectively. But other than that, these dudes, I mean, this is one of the premier franchises in the league that, that does not get talked about as a premier franchise in the league they, that's they been doing it for model 30 years.
1: For what you want to be as a small market team. And I'm telling you, every mm-hmm. small market team that is successful, has been successful, and that's going to be successful is going to take after the Spurs. Miami's doing it right now. They've been doing it. They, they, they develop players, work on a system. You get a style. And if people don't fit that style, you kick them out. Milwaukee's doing it, Toronto's doing it, OKC's been doing it for years. That's why OKC never truly falls off. Right now, that style and that system is continuing to keep them in the hunt. You have to get a style. And so many teams, like you're saying now, when you look through the standings, you see so many teams that are bad because you don't know what type of style they play. You don't know. They don't have any consistency. They don't have any discipline on their teams. Like the Suns, they should be good. They, nobody knows what style they play since Tony left.
0: so enough about pop for now Tim Duncan who would you who would you argue or who would you say had a better career Kobe Bryant or Tim Duncan whose career would you rather have Tim Duncan I think it's hard to for it to not be Tim Duncan I mean both played 20 years of the same franchise both won five rings you know Kobe went to one more finals but you know they, they have the same amount of titles. I would
1: say but Kobe has the records right?
0: In terms of what?
1: I mean he has like if you start looking at him like all time stats type things he has more of those records. I
0: don't know. Uh, I, that's something I'd have to look up but in my opinion you and I probably disagree on this I have Tim Duncan ranked higher in history than Kobe Bryant. I, I think that I'm not going to
1: argue about that because I think I mean, anytime you're the best at your position, then you're automatically is going to jump somebody. So even if I thought they were close, I don't think, I mean, I don't know what the argument, who's the best power for all time. I got Tim I'm. It's Tim I'm Duncan. I'm not going to say Carl Malone. I mean, people, no, are, there, some people, there's
0: really, there's really no argument for other, anyone other than That's Tim what Duncan. I'm saying. <laughs> so
1: if you're the best of all time at your position, then that automatically going to put you ahead of Kobe. Now, Kobe has the unfortunates of being behind Michael Jordan, but still. You know what I mean? Yeah, you're the best ever in the position. I, I
0: have I have Tim Duncan ranked sixth or seventh all time, um, and I, I've got Kobe probably. I, I would put Kobe eight or nine. I, can't, I like I can't he, wait he and Tim to Duncan in this
1: list with you because I want to see your damn list because your shit be jumping around. <laughs> like
0: I'm just saying, I, I feel like I, it's I all
1: centers and power forwards up in the top five.
0: If uh, if if Tim Duncan is seven, Kobe would have to be eight or nine. I There's no way I could put. Kobe over Tim Duncan, but well, that's you know that's
1: part, that's part of one of the things with the Spurs. They was always known to be boring, boring style to watch. One mm-hmm. of the most boring teams. Tim Duncan was boring, and people I think because of that, people never appreciated the style. People never appreciated what Tim Duncan brought. Towards the end, you start to appreciate, it, but you don't. I don't think you appreciate Tim Duncan's career and what you saw from Tim Duncan because it wasn't flashy for years. He was just known for the the mid-range off the backboard shot. I mean, that's not flashy so people don't care about it. So, I don't think he ever received during his career the appreciation that he should have gotten personally.
0: Let me ask you this though. What is Tim Duncan in 2019-2020? Probably the best. If he came into...
1: Yeah, he's going to be the it's going to be incredible. Because everything that you want from a big man now, Tim Duncan was doing back then, the only... Because he can shoot, he
0: he can play defense. The
1: only difference would be is that he would have expanded his game from that mid-range shot to shooting threes. You do that, and he's a a slightly less athletic version of Cat. (laughs) With a lot more heart.
0: Yeah. Which, and we'll we'll get to it down the road, uh, because I want to talk... The thing with me is um, a lot of people... I'm going to say this, and and I know this is going to hurt your feelings a little bit, but Kevin Garnett talks a lot of shit for a dude who, like, if you, listen, you would think that Kevin Garnett was the best power forward of all time if you just listen to him. I think that dude is barely top five.
1: I knew he was about to get into some Kevin Garnett slander. You know what I mean?
0: But but that was but that was who was it, it was Tim Duncan, Kevin Garnett, Dirk Nowitzki. Those were the 3 in the West for years and years and years and that's who everyone measured themselves against was Tim Duncan, KG, Tim Duncan, Dirk. And Tim Duncan, I think easily again, Tim Duncan's the best power forward of all time. I know we disagree. I think Dirk is better than KG I don't, all time. I do not. But it's close.
1: So, so this this is I said I just said I do not agree, but um, so this is the thing that the reason why I don't like the Garnett slander and you say, the one ring thing, and this is my thing about most NBA fans, people say that they want you to be loyal and you should be loyal to your team and you should try to help your team win, but when you do that, you're also putting a lot of trust in management. So when you when you do those things, you're taking a slight on your own career by doing it. By trying to lead a franchise that has bad management. Kevin Garnett spent the bulk of his peak prime years trying to be what Minnesota wanted him to be. And he can't control who you put around him. They never put enough talent. So I can't knock Kevin Garnett for not winning more rings because he was trying to be loyal to Minnesota.
0: I don't really judge Kevin Garnett in terms of rings. But that's what you just Um, said. You be saying
1: like, ah, he talks a lot of shit for a dude that won one ring.
0: No, you see, because I think that that spawned with with his little dig at LeBron. I know that he hates LeBron James and, and that, those Heat teams. It's like, again, it's like, oh, we broke LeBron. It's like, no, you didn't, yeah, dude. Like, did. y'all won one, one title. Yeah, they didn't say they broke Kobe. Okay. They said
1: they broke LeBron. They definitely broke LeBron.
0: Yeah, but LeBron broke their ass right back in 2012 or 20, that last stand, and I don't care how old they were. LeBron and got their ass back. They saying, so. uh,
1: coming to America. 147 years old. <laughs> hey,
0: but again, but that's my issue with that. If I'm telling you, you listen to Paul Pierce and, and Kevin Garnett, you swear they was running the last decade. But in, in all reality, them motherfuckers won one title and talked too much shit for a team that only won one. I mean, one title. I,
1: I give you that with Paul Pierce, but my thing about Kevin Garnett is you see what he was at the end of his career, and you put people around him. Just imagine what I, the fuck would have happened if you had better people than Latrell Sprewell. I have no doubt. Brown, you know what I mean?
0: I, I have no doubt. If you if that trade for KG to L.A. would have ever happened, I think that the Lakers win probably three titles. Um, Instead of getting Powell, they were going to try and get KG. Yeah, but, I mean,
1: even with but, that, that's still at the, you know, close, close to the end. I'm talking about time, Kevin Garnett with the, with the, unst- with the, with the unst- unstoppable mid-range shot where even though he's 16, 16. I mean, 7-foot, he had one of the best mid-range games in the NBA. I mean, he looked a lot like Kevin Durant when he was shooting that ball.
0: Was that the peak of Power Forge right there? Because, again, I think you've got three top 25 players playing Power Forge at one time there with Tim Duncan, Dirk Nowitzki, and yeah, Kevin Garnett. Gonna, Chris Webber even yeah, was gonna in have, that, it, that, it's that group.
1: going to be a, I mean, I guess it's – Man, that's going to be crazy. When you go back and you look revisionist history and you see that those three were playing together, Dirk Nowinski, Kevin Garnett, and Tim Duncan at one time, and then mix in there, not a power forward, but Shaquille O'Neal. That's why I keep saying, Mm -hmm. like, when I judge people's stats and stuff from, like, you know, 96 until today, there's been so many different players. And this is my argument for Kobe. When we we talk about Kobe and you say he's 8 or 9, all I say is you look what Kobe accomplished and the amount of Hall of Famers that he faced. The greatest all-time players that you respect, just think, he came when he came in the league, what, 96? 96 to when he retired. Yep. Just think about the people that he played against in that span.
0: So oh, I'm not that, denying that. Just that just puts
1: everything up for me. Like, Jordan is still number one, but then if you look at the level of players, and the Jordan, you can say the same thing because it's a decade thing. They're going to say, oh, well, he played against Dominique and, you know, Larry Bird and Magic Johnson. It's the same thing. You probably can have that in any decade. But when you do that against those type of players, I mean, I got to have respect for it.
0: Yeah. and And to that point is going back to the Spurs – as to why I think they're so great because in between all these dynasties, you had the Lakers, you had the Heat, um, you know, you had the Celtics, even though they never really, you know, matched up, but you had a lot of good things going on while the Spurs were making this run. Um, even those Pistons teams, you know, it the, the those finals went seven games. We could easily be talking about this the Pistons won, you know, winning two or three titles. What well, did they go to three in a row or two in a row? Yeah, well, but they but they went to like two. four or five conference titles in a row. Uh, three, I just know that they,
1: they beat Miami. I think they, they went, went to four or five conference championships in a remember. row. But I mean, but that goes back to what you're saying. You start looking at who they beat. Okay, that that Spurs team they played against Jordan. They didn't beat em. Uh They played against the Jazz teams that were great. They went to lose to Jordan. They beat the Knicks with Patrick Hewing, the best Knicks team <laughs> in the past twenty-five years. Uh. <laughs> they beat them. Uh they beat the they beat the Lakers dynasty. Yep. You know, the, the great Lakers dynasty. They beat them. They beat LeBron yep. twice. You know what I'm saying? They beat that Detroit Pistons team, who we say is great. You know what I'm saying? They they beat the Nets team with Jason Kidd. You know, and I'm so, with you.
0: They probably beat the Warriors one of those years. They
1: probably beat the Warriors, and if they if they beat the Warriors, and that's cemented, is probably the greatest dynasty of all time because they would have went through the Warriors, OKC, and then LeBron third time, yep. like at, at, at the third at the third location. Yeah. Uh, well the third the second wherever lebron back. goes
0: his ass we going to follow him yeah, though <laughs> his ass we going to follow you we come you know what i'm saying so
1: the spurs are definitely one of the most even though they never went back to back they're probably one of the most underrated dynasties that you're ever going to see Yep. i don't know if history's ever going to give them their credit but they're definitely one of the most underrated dynasties that you're going to see
0: so again you know talking it kind of makes me miss The Spurs being at the height of their powers, um, especially as we talked about there's so many bad teams in the league today. Um, The the league, could, as long as there's always a Spurs-like team around, I I don't know that we're ever going to find that again. There's always going to be a team like, man, these dudes could win a title any given year.
1: Um, Yeah, I mean, you just don't fucking know. Like, even right now, the Spurs have been so good and so consistent all the time. You look at the record, and they're saying, like, I don't know, man. Pop might be able to pull it off. (laughs) It's like,
0: I mean, (laughs) it is an open year. They get lucky. Yeah, it's
1: it's open year, man. One move, and Pop (laughs) might be able to
0: jump in. (laughs) I mean, you're exactly right. That's how much respect you got to have for the Spurs, man, (laughs) because this team that they got right now is pure dog shit. But, yeah, it would not shock me if somehow they end up the fourth seed and they 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 win a title.
1: Uh, so is uh, Patty Mills one of the greatest Spurs of all time? Shit,
0: he might as well be. Hell, he been there for, <laughs> oh,
1: play for twenty years, man.
0: Wasn't well, balling too. So you know, and it's funny because if you think about like Demar Derozan is actually a perfect Spurs player when he is. Your wife come in, give you some love. Look at you. Yeah,
1: man. Hey, it's the new year. We start in twenty twenty. You know,
0: great. somebody loves you. That's good, man. <laughs> um, but yeah, so. We'll see what the spurs become we're we're gonna keep giving you guys some of this uh this old school basketball knowledge um but if you don't if you may have forgotten how good the spurs were or why we consider them a dynasty or why they get the respect that they do, I encourage you to go do some research on the early 2000s mid two thousands and even that last title team and what now let me ask you this we rank i think that first 2017 that first Kevin Durant team with Golden State is probably the best team in the history of basketball, in my opinion. Yeah. I think the 98 Bulls are probably history basketball? in history, in history, I, I think.
1: Nah. Hey, that, uh, what, what was the Bulls team that had Ron Harper at point guard? The 72, that was 72, Yeah, that was 98. Right? Whoop, they at? Or 96, my Ron bad, Har- 96. 96, yeah. they whooped the Golden State Warriors I, ass, man.
0: I don't know. Too
1: long, man, too long. They got Ron Harper at point guard. And then you got uh Ron Harper, Jordan, Scottie Pippen. Not only do you have athletic guards, they're all 6'7. You're so you got Clay, you got um, uh, you got Clay, Curry, and uh, who's the other? Uh who would be the Kevin Durant at three? Yeah. And they're going against Ron Harper, Scottie Pippen, and Michael Jordan? Give me that all day. And then you got Dennis Rodman. You can switch him on Draymond or Kevin. Well, you're not gonna put I mean, Scottie Pippen obviously is going to be on Durant. Right? I mean, you could put
0: you so, could so, put even, him on Kevin Durant. He was that good of a defender. Yeah,
1: but I mean, you put you put Rodman on Draymond. That's going to completely cancel Draymond out because they're going to fight. I don't know, man. They're
0: gonna fight. I I the, in my opinion, the best three teams of my lifetime that I've ever seen. With with the '86 Celtics honorable mention, I was not alive for them, but I give them a lot of respect. But to me, it's that '96 Bulls team. Even though I subscribe, they played in a very watered down league. Uh, because the NBA expanded, you know, seven or eight teams in, in a seven-year span, um, ultimately watering down the league. But then that O one Lakers team and that twenty seventeen Warriors team, I can't think of teams better than that.
1: Yeah, I mean, the Bulls number one, Warriors two, and then that that Lakers team. What did they got to do with the Spurs?
0: You know, I don't know. You started talking when I was talking. <laughs> oh, I was gonna ask. Do they do they have a team that you think? You know, will leave a lasting impression like like those those three teams we just named.
1: I don't I don't think there's one team because they they kept their team so together for the most part. So even even judging it, you're talking about ancillary pieces like ah, it the Stephen Jackson or yeah. you know Steve Kerr Robert. So nobody's gonna ever count your role players like that because they kept their team together for for the most part. But I, I mean, if I had to guess, I would say it would be the 0-3 team?
0: Uh, that's the team I was going to say. I would say it would be their. I think 0-3 is probably their best team. Um, but
1: I don't think they're going to go down in history as like that, the best team ever. Yeah. I mean.
0: yeah. Um, so that's what we got on the Spurs, y'all. Uh, we're going to go over the 2003 NBA draft in our next podcast. Um, you can't talk about uh, this millennium of basketball without talking about Dwayne Wade, Carmelo Anthony, and, of course, LeBron Darko James. Darko Milicic, <laughs> And your boy Donnie Darko. Um, Donnie Darko. And this draft especially hurts my feelings because if the Lakers, or excuse me, if the Grizzlies had got the number one pick, they would have got LeBron James. But since they got two, it had to go to uh, the Detroit Pistons. Talk about painful. Although they probably would have drafted Darko Milicic because they drafted Hashim Kabit.
1: I would ask you if LeBron gets drafted by Memphis, does he stay?
0: Hell no, That motherfuckers out of there in four years tops.
1: <laughs> Only reason he stayed in Cleveland because he was from, from Ohio. Cleveland. Yeah, so he would have forced first rookie to force a trade in his second year. Yeah,
0: he he might have sat out, no doubt about it. <laughs> uh, but that's what we got coming up for you guys. Um, we're gonna keep you uh, up to date on all the current basketball knowledge. We know that you can't watch every game, so we'll do it for you. Um, and we'll give you some history along the way. So, anything you got before we get Watch out of here?
1: Watch out for the Pelicans; they are coming. Pelicans are coming. Mm,
0: I can't co-sign on that, y'all. My bad. I'm 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 out one, on that. One, they
1: one trade away.
0: Shit, shit, they got they got the player they need sitting on his fat ass on the bench right now.
1: Hey man, listen. They're 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 what what they call they're doing? Uh, kinetics or some shit. They're teaching them how to walk. A or some shit like that? <laughs> All
0: right, y'all. That's it. That's y'all. That's it. That's all. Have a happy new year and we'll holler at you next week. Peace.
1: We can't use the video.